God is good. And all the time. I want to say something very short on the topic. Ritual. Tell me about ritual. What comes to your mind when you hear the word ritual? For you who has been used to Nigerian movies, the first picture that comes to your mind is blood money. You who is conversant with home videos. When you hear ritual, you say, eh? Ritual. Ha. Ritual is a word that is derived from spiritual. If you say you are a spirit being and you don't know what is ritual, because of the society we find ourselves, to begin to imagine that ritual is when someone is trying to use somebody for something. <laughs> God is good. Ritual came from the word spiritual. Ritual is what enhances the spirit, is what makes the spirit complete. Are you a spirit being or not? If you're a spirit being, and uh, as a result of the movies you have watched, you are afraid of the ritual that makes you spiritual. That means you need more knowledge. Do not anchor the pattern through which you live your life on the movies you watch. Nigerian own videos. A lot of people unconsciously live their life based on the standard that they have unconsciously seen in what? Movies. Movies made for the home. And whoever produces movies is just trying to, through entertaining you, make money for themselves. Ritual can be defined as a solemn activity done in procession. It's like a practice done again and again and again in a particular order. Hallelujah. Ritual can be said to be an activity done in a particular order. If you say you are a Christian, what ritual is to the spirit is what exercise is to the body. And uh, before you do exercise, you must know the exercise that works for your body, for your system. Nobody just wakes up and begins to go into a particular kind of exercise without knowing if it is beginner's exercise. So also, if you say you are a spirit being, you are supposed to be engaging in what? Rituals. Okay, just like what food does to the physical body, that's what ritual does to your spirit. Ritual enhances your spirit just as food would enhance your body. And you have often heard that the spirit governs the physical. If the spirit governs the physical, that means if you do not take care of how your spirit will be enhanced, then your physical life will be in jeopardy. You are in trouble because you have nothing in your spiritual bank. Being spiritual mostly has little or nothing to do with how many times you pay your tithe. 
Or how many times you fast in a week? Fasting is part of it anyway. It has nothing much to do with the things you do on the outside. It has a lot to do with within. The exercises you project within. Now, if you call yourself a Christian and you have not grown to that point where you would exercise your spirit being to dominate your physical activities, then something is wrong. The exercise that work for my body mostly should be done by myself. You can't do my exercise for me. You can't be exercising and I will be building the muscles. I guess what I'm saying. Sometimes it is possible for somebody to be doing your spiritual exercise. That's what they call intercession. To intercede for you. It should be in the time whereby you are still weak. Maybe at that moment you are weak in the body or in the spirit. And somebody steps in for you. But in the long run, you should also learn to take up that responsibility. The spirit can simply be defined as the non-physical part of the person. Your character, emotions, and uh, soul sit. Character, emotion, and soul. They sit in the spirit realm. I mean, the definition of spirit now is the non-physical place where character, emotions, and soul meet. So, in other words, for you to be spiritual, you need to be able to master your emotions, your character, and uh, take care of your soul. One is not complete without the other. You have given your soul to Jesus. Have you? Your character, are you working on it? Your emotions, have you learned how to master it? Spirituality consists of character, emotion, and your soul. If you have been able to outline these three and take care of them, then you are good to go. Now, what does the ritual do to the spirit? Ritual is the activities that supports these three character, emotion, and soul. And sometimes, ritual can be meditation. And meditation is an art of what? Repetition. Hallelujah. Nobody will do your meditation for you. Nobody will work on your character for you. You have to sit still and work on your character. The Bible says that train up a child in the way you should go. So that when he grows up, you will not depart from it. So, in your journey of spirituality, upbringing matters. If you do not grow in an environment that is conducive for your emotions to be properly formed, you may have trouble. If you do not grow up in an environment where there is a nobility of character in place in the home, where parents do not fight all the time, where parents insult each other in front of the children, where they take their time to teach the children values, you may have trouble. Hallelujah. So the home is a breeding ground for spirituality. Tell neighbor. Can I ask you a question? Do we really have this kind of homes in Africa? 
I mean, how much of this kind of homes we have to breed this spirituality? Because you cannot talk about a building without talking about the foundation. In the place where the fathers and the mothers may not be able to get it right, the parent in the Lord should be able to do what? Guide everybody. That's where the role of the church comes in. The Bible says, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is what? Right. Honor your father and mother. The role your father and mother may not be able to play, your parents in the Lord will do what? Take care of it. As they listen, I'm talking about the role of the church now, as they listen to the word of God that is coming from the servant of God, they will learn and be able to do what? Imbibe what they learn in the children. Show me a man that is spiritual. I will show you the kind of home he is coming from. Or the pastor that pastors the parents and the children. So the responsibility still falls back to the church again. The church in Nigeria. How many of them have this time? If not competition, who has the largest number? Who has the largest crowd? Which church is bigger than this one? What is the latest achievement? We measure the achievement on the outside, leaving impact behind. Now, let me say this. Your Muslim religion that they taught you to hate, do not be unequally yoked with unbeliever. Not everybody that is not in religion is an unbeliever. If the church doesn't rise up to the occasion, a lot of Christians will convert back to the Muslim religion. Because there is rituals in place there that enhances the spirit nature. Now, Muslims, they spend time in the night chanting and repeating a particular phrase. Are we together? That is ritual. They chant that particular phrase until that thing they are chanting comes alive. Who is teaching you to chant something to come alive? If we can perform these rituals as Christians, our spiritual consciousness will rise. An average Christian is supposed to be spiritually high. I mean spiritually touched. Because he's doing what? Spending time in the place of what? Meditation. Performing his own ritual. Yes, sometimes you may call it prayer. In the place of prayer, you draw strength. You draw the energy of God to yourself. You become aligned with God. If you are not prayerful, if you don't understand what prayer is about, I mean, spending time in meditation is also prayer. That's what I'm saying. If you don't spend any quiet time meditating and aligning yourself with God, your spiritual consciousness cannot go up. And if you are not consistent, you'll be going up and going down. That's where your life will be. Let me shock you. The recent marriage ceremony that took place, the president's son, 100 private jets landed at the airport for those who wanted to attend the wedding. And most of them are from the other religion. If your spiritual consciousness is not high, your pocket will be empty. The more spiritually high that you are, the more richer you will be. You shout Jesus up and down only when there is trouble. And you're supposed to be chanting it always. So that when you appear, power appears. 
You only want to shout the name of Jesus when there is trouble. The Bible says, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will hear you. You call the name of Jesus from that consciousness. You only call the name of Jesus that you don't have a relationship with the name. Just the name, not even the person. And when the name does not do anything for you, you say, God, I'm going to end it. Is God not in heaven again? God has forced. In fact, there is no God. <laughs> God will look at you and say, Mumu. That's where God might be looking at you. Because He's there. You know, we don't have a relationship with that. I call Him for help. God does not work that way. God is looking for a relationship. Why did Christ come? He came for a relationship. And it is when you have a relationship with the person that you can call for help, and the help will do what? Come. But a lot of people used to mistake in relationship with the fact that they used to go to church. I'm now a what? Christian. And anything they ask should be granted. We need to wake up. Your interpretation for miracle is only when somebody falls and when a demon is speaking. Miracle is also part of controlling the economy. It's also a miracle to also have the resources that is strong enough to dominate an economy. That's a miracle. Among the 146 planes in Nigeria, by statistics, there's only six that belong to Christians, pastors, you know, for the sake of evangelism. The other people, they buy for leisure, pleasure, business trips, and they go successfully. And somebody is coming to the pulpit to tell you that what will it profit a man that gains your world and lost his own soul? Making you feel guilty. Did the same God not say have dominion? How will you have dominion if you have nothing in your pocket? The God we serve is not the God of poverty. Neither is the God we serve the God of hunger. As for those, when they are not financially buoyant, they turn into fasting. The God you are praying to is it the God of hunger. So when you now have, you will not remember to fast. When you are fasting because of the fact that your pocket is not telling you the truth, you only attract more of that hunger. Because when you finally dominate your pocket, you will remember to fast. Fast when you have. So that you have more of what you have. Don't only fast when you have no money in your pocket. When you fast with no money in your pocket, you only attract the God of who? Hunger. You amplify the hunger. Also, spend time in fasting when you have everything in your pocket. Take time out to fast. A lot of people, when a lot of things are fine with them, you don't even see them around anything ritual, meditation or prayer. They will become very, very busy with other activities. That is only when they need God, they will go and meet God. They do that unconsciously anyway. You don't say it, you don't discuss these things, but it's what you do, some of us. It's what we do. Let me show you where the ritual is written. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. I read. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. He said, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, 
and thou shalt have good success. You want to be successful, you want to be prosperous. The word of God should not be far from your mouth. In other words, you chant it. You should take it as an exercise to repeatedly have it in your conversation always. Then you shall allow it to dominate your mind. When it dominates your mind, you will not do anything outside what dominates your what? Mind. If you always keep the word of God in meditation, it will be very difficult for you to commit sin. Naturally, it will keep you away from sin. It is because of the fact that you do not ritualize the word of God. You don't keep the word of God in your thoughts. If you don't keep the word of God in your thoughts, something else will what? Take over. And it's what takes over that you do what? You practice. One of the shortest routes to running away from sin is to do what? Meditate on the word of God all the time. And do what? Have it in your conversation. Chant it. You don't spend time chanting the word of God. And you are looking for prosperity. Come and take it. And once you did not come, you will not know that it is the road that you are not playing that is causing those things not to happen. You now begin to point fingers at the history of Oracle. Uncle, auntie, and somebody that is not at peace with you. You think that is one that is doing you. Nobody is doing you. The word of God is light on his own. If you take it more serious, every other circumstance, every other person, maybe small, small darkness. When the word of God comes, darkness disappears. In other words, when the word of God dominates you, you will not see any evil uncle, any useless oracle, or any power. Because no power can stand or question the presence of God. When lion enters into the jungle, every other animal that is trying to dominate, <laughs> self-isolation chanting and meditating is an act of ritual that will help you to become one with what you are projecting hallelujah they will keep giving you Old Testament thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not do this whereas when the tablets of the ten commandments got broken those ten commandments were no longer as relevant as should be but the Lord said that I will write my law in their heart. In other words, the Lord will be giving you instruction per time. And not just that Ten Commandments that you know of. That was a symbol of the Ten Commandments gotten what? Broken. Even if it was listed. In other words, there are more laws. There are more instructions the Holy Spirit will give you per time. The Lord said, I will write my law in their heart. Whatever your conscience tells you to do, do it. Because it's still the law. The Lord did not stop in the Ten Commandments. That's what I'm saying. Do not limit yourself to the Ten Commandments. Ritual. In case you want to know that. I'm a ritualist. I'm a spiritual man. A spiritual man is a ritualist. Ritual is a practice of one who is spiritual that enhances the spirit. That's all. But when you are ritualists today, they will think it's people that are starting other people to make money. If you are not a ritualist, you cannot make it to Christians, your prayer is your ritual. Your meditation is also your what? Ritual. And you need to understand it for what it is. The Bible says that my people pray and they do not receive because they pray amiss. In other words, if you don't know how to do it, it won't do nothing for you. 
The Lord bless his word.